Welcome to the Kingdom is for Everyone podcast. This is your host, Matthew Hester, and this is the place to discuss all things righteousness, peace, and joy. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We know you have lots of options, and we are humbled and grateful that you're tuning in, and hopefully you're enjoying yourself and listening to the topics that we're bringing to you each week. Uh, I want to thank our Hester Ministries monthly supporters. Your support helps this podcast happen, as well as many other things that we accomplish here at Hester Ministries. We're also proud to let you know that you can enjoy this show wherever you listen to podcasts. We're grateful for that. You also have the opportunity that you can become a supporter of this podcast. If you'll go to our homepage at anchor.fm slash the kingdom four, that's the number four, the kingdom for everyone, you can see that option there. And then also I have a question for you. Would you like to be a part of this podcast? Well, on our homepage, you can click on the message tab. You can leave us a voice message or ask us a question and we can feature that on one of our upcoming episodes because here at The Kingdom is for Everyone, we want you to be more than an audience. We want you to participate. Okay, so we're going to jump into episode six. And, you know, last week I thought, okay, we finished up our Romans 14, 17 focus and I was going back and thinking about it, and I thought, well, you know what? There's still a big part that we haven't done an episode on yet, and I, I would regret it if we did not address uh, the Holy Spirit in the room. Uh, so uh, episode six is going to be the Holy Spirit and bringing us back one more time, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is what? It's three primary components. We've done three podcast episodes, one devoted to each one of these ingredients. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in Holy Spirit, in Holy Ghost. And I thought, well, you know, if we're going to do real justice to Romans 14, 17, we have to wrap it up the right way. We couldn't stop at joy. We have to talk about where the kingdom finds itself. So the address of the kingdom is found in Holy Ghost, it's found in Holy Spirit. And I know there's a lot of uh, topics that we could cover on Holy Spirit. There's a lot of different perspectives we could take. You know, within the body of Christ proper, there's some pretty strong agreement or disagreement about the role of Holy Spirit, even if, as far as manifestation of Holy Ghost, if that even is applicable for today. And you know what? We're not going to take that route. We're going to take a different route. And I, I believe it'll be a route that'll help you. If you haven't heard this before, I believe it'll challenge you. It will definitely be revelation because we're not going to take the fruit route which is a good route, and we'll probably do an episode on the fruit of the Spirit. We're not going to take the gifts route. And, and honestly, that's probably where a lot of the polarization of the topics of Holy Spirit uh, has, has really kind of broken out, especially within uh, denominational church settings and things like that, is, well, man, these, these gifts of the Spirit, they're messy, they're unruly a lot of times. It, it, let's be honest, some of it's kind of weird. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I don't even believe that's for today. And so we, we do our best because we're afraid of a little taste of chaos, a little taste of meh, freedom that's a little uncomfortable. Well, let's go ahead and neatly tuck Holy Spirit back into uh, historical uh, activity back, you know, back there in those early Bible days, those those early church days where they needed all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we're not going to go either of those routes. We're not going to go fruit route or gifts route, although both are great routes. 
we're going to go a different route entirely. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's what I want to dedicate this podcast episode to. Before we do that, I want to take just a moment for a, a sponsored segment break. It's going to take about 30 seconds, and then we'll start right back on the other side of that. Okay, so we're back here, and we're going to be talking about Holy Spirit. Again, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in Holy Spirit. And, you know, the route that I like to take, and I've written about this more extensively in my book, Guaranteed Victory, a little shameless plug there. But uh, I, I take the John 16 route. So let me read these verses to you. John 16, verses 8 through 11. And, and so within context, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he starts this way in verse 8. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. Uh, and so, again, Jesus is talking about when he comes. Who's the he? He's talking about Holy Spirit. And uh, before we, you know, drive ourselves crazy, I, I definitely uh, believe heavily and, and teach frequently on the Trinity. So I know that there is no distance or separation within the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are one and the same, three and one, one and three. But uh, even the way God communicates with us, I think it just helps us in our human experience to figure out how, you know, what part of the nature of God we're kind of um, uh, communing with, if that helps make sense. And so a place that I've kind of landed is I feel like Holy Spirit is the most direct way we communicate with God indwelling. That revelation that he lives in us, that Paul picked up on, that that's the inheritance of the believer, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And, uh, and, And I think indwelling Holy Spirit helps us to have a greater understanding of what that looks like. And so when Jesus talks about when he comes, it's not that Holy Spirit had never been here, but our understanding of Holy Spirit was going to take a radical shift. Uh, Being empowered by Holy Spirit was going to take on uh, a whole new meaning, uh, truly a brand new world. And so again, let me go back. Uh, Verse 8, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt, in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he goes on to explain what each of these are in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So before we do a deep dive into these verses here, uh, one of the primary, and I would say potentially forgotten functions of Holy Spirit is that he serves as a force of conviction and not condemnation. Uh, there is no condemnation. Uh, we don't we don't use that in our, uh, that's not available in our tool belt, okay? But conviction is a totally different thing. Conviction leads unto righteousness. And so Holy Spirit knows how to convict. Are you hearing me? Maybe you're listening to this right now and you're a pastor. I want to encourage you, do not try to convict your people. Because when we become vessels of conviction, usually it causes bitterness and anger, right? Because we don't know how to convict from that place of the heart of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit um, is, is always looking from the place of potential, always looking from the place of righteous identity. And and so we just, as flawed humans, we are not very good forces of conviction. Or I like to say it this way, there's only one sheriff in the kingdom, and his name is Holy Spirit, and we are not deputized. We're not co-sheriffs. 
So we're not supposed to be sniffing around sin and, and calling it out. No, we we call out identity, right? And we allow Holy Spirit to bring the conviction. Now, again, that doesn't mean that we don't bring any kind of healthy confrontation. That is attached to what, what true mature love looks like. But until we truly grasp, I'll just submit this, we got to keep moving. We've got a lot to cover in the time that we have. Actually, we might even have to split this up in two parts. Um, but you think about it, uh, most of us say, well, we are supposed to confront. And, and then we follow and in love. So it's, it's like the volume is turned on when it's time to confront, and then we kind of trail off. Well, we got to do it in love. But for me, I would say the confrontation part should be the whisper. Hey, you know, you know what, guys? Um, there are times where we got to confront, but we've got to do it in love. We should be, we should be bold and at the forefront. Listen, if it's not in love, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. If it's not in love, I'm going to keep my opinion to myself. If it's not in love, I'm not going to post it on Facebook. Ouch. I know. I know. Please, please keep listening. Keep enjoying the podcast. Remember my disclaimer. I made it a few episodes back. If you just really don't like something or disagree with something, I say, give me a couple more episodes to try to make it up. Uh, but but yeah, we have gotten so good at condemning and so good at... at um, confronting in love, and, and I'm using air quotes right now because you can't see it. We call it love, but it really is, uh, we're just jerks, and, and we think we're better than somebody else. We, we got to, okay, anyway, let me keep moving here. Uh, it's funny, I if my wife were in here right now while I'm filming, she gave me that look like, okay, it's time to move on. Okay, so this verse covers, these verses, John 16, 8 through 11, they cover these three interesting dynamics concerning the power of the Spirit to bring conviction to the world. It says uh, he brings conviction to all, to all men, to the, to the whole world. He will convict the world of things. And then the, the explanation. So we're going to jump into that. First, the Spirit brings conviction of sin. Second, he brings conviction of righteousness. Third, he brings conviction of judgment. And we see that the work of the Spirit is mature when we're convicted in all three of these areas. So let's take some time here and take a closer look at these three dynamics. So the first one, and this is the one where the church is well-versed, we all have heard multiple messages, and we have been in conferences, and we have listened to Christian music, and just keep going, ad nauseum, the conviction of sin, the conviction of sin. So this is the basic and fundamental first work of the Spirit. He brings conviction of sin, and you go back and look at those verses. Who's the conviction of sin for? See, this, is, this is a valuable question. He brings conviction of sin to the unbeliever. Go back and look. It says, in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. So, so that is... That, that's the basic, that's the groundwork, that's, that's the framework, if you will, for the conviction of sin. It's for the unbeliever. Um, and, and again, that's connected to identity. You, you don't believe who God says that you are. You're wrestling with that. Perhaps you've never heard it. Lord, help us with our unbelief. You know, probably the great sin that we all face is the sin of unbelief, right? And so Holy Spirit comes and begins to convict and how does he start? He, he convicts in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. The conviction of sin, uh, it, it basically shows the deadly consequences of sin, and it stirs a desire in men to be free from sin and mixture in their lives. Conviction of sin is certainly the most thoroughly taught and examined part of the ministry of the Spirit in the church. 
in uh, this verse, Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Again, the reason I wanted to share that verse is it talks about the cleansing of a guilty conscience. Uh, A lot of the guilt that we carry is it's it's connected to mentality. It's connected to our mindset, right? We have the mind of Christ, but we forgot that we have it. Or we feel like we have alternatives to the mind of Christ, and we'd rather go that route to make something happen or to make something work. And really, you know, we need the the work of the Holy Spirit to help us. be free from a guilty conscience. You know, and I want you to hear that right now. You know, the forgiveness of God, it doesn't just forgive the offense, it also um it 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 brings ongoing clarity. It brings ongoing uh freedom. So so guilt, you know, a lot of times, you know, I feel like, well, I uh, thank you, God. I, I believe you forgave me, but I, it still torments me. I, I think about it all the time. The Holy Spirit goes beyond just forgiving the offense. He also goes into that realm of guilt and removes it entirely. So the conviction of sin, first work of Holy Spirit, just doing some recap here. And who is it for? It's for the unbeliever. Now let's go to ne- the next part, part two. This is where we really get cooking here. The conviction of righteousness. Uh, Back into those verses in John 16, in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. So this is the dynamic that we have probably heard the least about. We can easily receive a message about the conviction of sin for the unbeliever. But how many messages have you heard about the conviction of righteousness for the believer? So conviction of sin for the unbeliever, conviction of righteousness for the believer. This is the place where most believers find themselves. More than likely, the, you listening to this podcast, you are right now wrestling with and walking out the fruit of the conviction of righteousness. Another way to look at it is this. You know you're saved, but why? Right? Uh, you know that you're called, but to what? We each have felt a deeper level of conviction And it's not a conviction of sin, but it concerns something else. So let me just share personally, you know, when I was growing up, again, grew up in ministry, I would say for the most part had a a pretty healthy um, upbringing in and around ministry. I mean, there's certainly faults because we deal with people and we ourselves are human. So there's going to be, of course, issues to deal with, but especially my adolescence. And I, I, I say when the hormones kick in on both sides with, with, with guys and gals, um, there's, it seems that, you know, there's whatever, there's just things going on in our journey and, and all this curiosity starts kicking in. And then it's like the, the weight of that becomes guilty. We, we, we carry guilt with us and, uh, Holy Spirit's just there working, kind of unrelenting, convicting us of righteousness. And I did not know there was a difference between the conviction of sin, and the conviction of righteousness. So I would just feel conviction. And then I would think, well, I guess I, you know, that salvation didn't stick, I don't guess, so I better rededicate or, you know, make sure this is a really good prayer of salvation. Uh, and, and it could be anything. It could be, you know, someone preaching on bad music or, you know, uh, watching, you know, movies that you know have bad stuff in it. And, you know, how can you call yourself saved? And then, right, all this, all this, this stuff, kick, these feelings kick in. Now, probably a lot of that was actually just condemnation uh, and uh, law-focused, law-based mentality, which, of course, at that point in my life, I did not have any reference point for. Uh, thank God for growing and maturing and and understanding more and more the heart and nature of God. 
But now, in hindsight, a lot of the conviction I was going through, and I would I would say especially from you know the age of 13, 14, up to my mid-20s, was the conviction of righteousness. And so could it be that, so the conviction of sins for the unbeliever. So I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I've devoted my, my life to him. I, I'm, I'm in ministry. Um, but the conviction of righteousness kicks in, and we don't know the difference. And the conviction of righteousness um, is, is about Holy Spirit convicting us of who Jesus is in us. So the shift, the shift is from behavior and I'm not saying that uh, there, there, there are certainly things we should and shouldn't do, so don't put words in my mouth, but I'm saying Holy Spirit starts convicting us of who Jesus is in us, who we are as beloved sons and daughters. In other words, the shift uh, it goes from, hey, you, you know, you should feel sorry for doing that, to you're better than that. Sons don't act that way. That's not how eagles uh, fly, right? Uh, and so the conviction of righteousness, man, we need to have a revolution of that in the church. Right, put your put your conviction of sin messages to the side, unless you're, you're you're ministering to unbelievers. And again, it's through the work of Holy Spirit. I can I am not a skilled master at convicting anyone of sin. This is all the work of Holy Spirit. But I believe we are an effective tool in joining into convictive righteousness, reminding people of who they are, uh, their righteous identity that God loves them, God approves of them. You you have a standard, right? The 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 mature son Jesus. There's a standard and and Holy Spirit is working in your life. He's convicting you until you grow up to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God, right? Uh, and uh, and again, this it's not righteousness of our own works. We know that Romans 3:22, the righteousness uh, from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. See right there, that's that's a pretty concise way of, of kind of reiterating the point. The righteousness that comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. The conviction of righteousness is for the believer. Romans 5, 17, I got a few verses here, and uh, man, we, I got to pick up the pace here. Um, <laughs> Romans 5, 17, For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man? Jesus Christ. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 1.30, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Man, if I had the time in this episode, I want to just so desperately do it. We'll have to do it soon. I've got to do an episode on the difference between righteousness and holiness. They're different things, and that verse confirms it, because we're told that um, Christ Jesus is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So there are separate things, and we need to get that right. In the same way we need to get the conviction of sin and the conviction of righteousness right, we need to get righteousness and holiness right. Two very different things. But let me clue you in on this. Religion typically goes after holiness, believing it will eventually produce righteousness. But intimacy with God says, I give to you, I deliver to you the free gift of righteousness, and then as you mature in that, it delivers to you holiness. Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll have to get into that a different time. Finally, final point, and then we're going to wrap up this episode. Man, I pray this has been blessing you. Finally, the conviction of judgment, the conviction of judgment. One more recap there. He will convict the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment, in regard to sin because men do not believe in me, in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So sin, sin is for the unbeliever. The conviction of righteousness is for the believer. 
and the conviction of judgment. That is for both unbeliever and believer. That's for the whole world, the conviction of judgment. So this dynamic has had its fair share of emphasis. Uh, The regret is that most of it has been projected into the future instead of recognizing judgment as part of the finished work. Satan has already been judged and defeated. Adam has already been put to death and remembered. The old covenant system, along with its laws and observances, was destroyed 2,000 years ago. Our judgment is not in front of us, but it is behind us. So I like to say that that translation I was sharing just a minute ago, that the prince of this world now stands condemned. I say it this way, pick your prince. Uh, who do you need to see judgment exacted against? You know, there's a whole school of thought that believes he's referencing the devil. And I can track with that. So look, the prince of this world now stands condemned. That now is 2,000 years ago, right? Uh, so the, the devil's defeated. I mean, just stripped of all power, defeated. Not, not an, an issue that we have to even worry about, right? Or maybe it was the Judaizers of that day. They were, after all, the ruling principalities and powers in Jerusalem at that time. Maybe Jesus was referring to them. And so, again, the, 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 you know, the, the coffin nail was driven into the old covenant system. The better covenant was starting to uh, blossom and bloom forth. And then eventually, uh, just 40 years after the, around 40 years after the crucifixion of Jesus, the old covenant system is completely destroyed once and for all in the destruction of Jerusalem. And the better covenant, that is the day we live in now. It's possible, I've heard this as well, and I, I can track with all three of these trains of thought, that Jesus was talking about himself, that he's, he's the prince. He's the prince of the world. He's the ruler of the world, and he now stands condemned. Within context of these verses, he was on his way to the cross. So he was already condemned. So what point am I trying to make? Just pick your prince. As long as you can allow Holy Spirit to convict you of this truth, that the greatest judgment that you have faced— right, on your behalf, is in your past, right? It's already happened, and that's something else. Uh, and so just that's something to ponder and chew on, and you may disagree with me. Hey, you might have a question, and if so, you can submit that question on our podcast homepage at the Kingdom for the number for everyone, anchor.fm slash the Kingdom for everyone, and we would love to discuss it farther because, yeah, there's some questions to that. 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Here's the question. Did he do that? Yes. If that's the purpose that he was manifested, well, then I hope he was successful. If not, we need to find another Jesus to serve. Now, that's tongue-in-cheek, but we really, a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ, preach a really strong and undefeated devil, right? Right now at this moment. So to me, questioning, well, I thought Jesus manifested so he would destroy the devil. What? Why is he not destroyed yet? And then, of course, Colossians 1.22, and we've got to end it here. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. The Holy Spirit is so good at convicting, and I think we just need to relent to it. Just, you know, Right there where you're sitting right now, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you can't where you're sitting, but just kind of throw your hands up. Okay, I surrender. I surrender to your conviction. You are capable of doing it. I am not. And just help me to believe it. Lord, help me with my unbelief and uh, help me to, to be convicted or convinced. That's really the word I like to use. Holy Spirit's tried to convince us of who we are. And if we can be convinced of who we are, you talk about change in the world. Uh, that comes with the territory. That's who we are. We're world changers. We're history makers. Come on, you guys know this. 
And so, yeah, I, I'm going to end it right there. I know this is definitely, I said, different. It's different from the gifts and fruit focus. I wanted to really focus on the work of Holy Spirit in the world of conviction. So as we finish out this podcast episode, I do want to mention one more time uh, Hester Ministries. Go check out our website, hesterministries.org. Uh, if you'd like me to come and speak at one of your conferences or events, I'd love to do that. You can get uh, materials there, books. I have several available. Uh, go to presenttruthacademy.org. We just have begun a brand new study track uh, called The Finished Work. So if you'd like to be a part of that one or any of our classes or electives, uh, just go there and reach out to us. We'd love to have you come and be a part of Present Truth Academy so we can partner with you in your journey in truth. Uh, also, don't forget to like and share this podcast. Share it with everybody that you know. We want to, we want people listening to this all around the world. And then leave a review, and then that helps us get in front of more people more easily. All right, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, I pray this has been a blessing to you. I pray it's answered some questions. It may have also introduced some questions, and that's okay on this journey. All right, well, I want to sign off here. If the kingdom isn't for everyone, well, then it's not for anyone. God bless you.